It's 9.30 in 716. Horror in Toronto. We cannot, as Canadians, choose to live in fear uh, every single day as we go about our daily business. When it comes to a vehicle type of an attack, such as this one, uh, there's, there's no real red flag that'll pop up that a person is either going to use the vehicle that they own or is going to rent the vehicle and go out and smash into people. I mean, to be really, really cynical, if somebody intends to do that with a vehicle, how are you going to stop them? I'm Tim Wenger on the podcast, powered by the Brothers of Mercy, a five-star rated, skilled nursing residents offering affordable living in a country setting. A judge in Canada has ordered the 25-year-old man suspected of plowing a van into pedestrians in North Toronto, detained on 10 counts of first-degree murder and 13 of attempted murder. Suspect Alec Minassian learned of the charges in a brief initial hearing before a judge in Toronto Tuesday. The events that took place yesterday in Toronto were a senseless attack and a horrific tragedy. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau with words of support to a grief-stricken city and nation Tuesday morning. On behalf of all Canadians, I offer my deepest heartfelt condolences to the loved ones of all those who were killed, and we wish a full recovery to those injured and stand with the families and friends of the victims. I speak for every one of us in thanking the first responders at the scene. They handled this extremely difficult situation with professionalism and bravery. They faced danger without a moment of hesitation, and there is no doubt that their courage saved lives and prevented further injuries. The entire community of Toronto has shown strength and determination in the face of this tragedy. All Canadians stand united with Toronto today. Finally, I will note the excellent collaboration between all orders of government and law enforcement in the handling of this situation. We are continuing to monitor it closely and work with our law enforcement partners around the country to ensure the safety and security of all Canadians. Obviously, all Canadians continue uh, and will continue to uh, have questions about uh, why uh, this happened, what could possibly be the motives behind it, as was uh, indicated last night by our public security minister. Um, at this time, we have no reason to uh, suspect that there is any national security element uh, to this uh, attack, but obviously the investigations continue. Obviously, um, Canadians across the country are uh, shocked and saddened by this senseless tragedy and attack, um, we can be uh, comforted uh, in seeing the extraordinary response of our first responders, uh, folks who stepped up with courage and ability uh, and ensured that uh, uh, in, uh, in the face of such terrible tragedy and attacks, we uh, are uh, uh, pulling together and uh, trying to find answers while keeping people safe. Uh, we have extraordinary uh, folks across the country in our police services and in our intelligence agencies who work hard every day to keep Canadians safe, and they will continue to do just that. Prime Minister Julie Van Dusen, CBC. Is there any way to protect Canadians who are going about their daily lives when assailants are choosing soft targets more and more? 
Obviously, uh, we need to continue to reflect on the uh, changing situations in which we're in, but we uh, and do everything we can uh, to keep Canadians safe. But we cannot, as Canadians, choose to live in fear uh, every single day as we go about our daily business. We need to focus on um, doing what we can and we must uh, to keep Canadians safe uh, while we stay true uh, to uh, the uh, freedoms and values that we all as Canadians uh, hold dear. Does this change your planning for, uh, in terms of security for the G7 in Charlevoix in any way, considering it does not seem to be linked to terrorism? Obviously, you have to keep world leaders safe. Does this have any bearing on your planning? Uh, the uh, security uh, for uh, the G7 uh, will be uh, comprehensive. Uh, we will, of course, always reflect on uh, what we can do better, what we need to do. Uh, but uh, as we know, this hasn't changed the overall threat level in Canada, uh, and uh, we will continue to make sure that uh, both participants, uh, residents, uh, and all citizens are safe uh, during uh, during the G7 and during uh, any uh, event of that uh, of that kind. Um, I spoke last night with uh, the premier uh, and the mayor. Um, our uh, police services, our intelligence agencies are all working very, very hard, uh, closely coordinating uh, with uh, with the uh, uh, folks on the ground. I think all Canadians uh, are with Toronto today. Uh, in our hearts, in our prayers, in our thoughts. Uh, I will, uh, of course, uh, go to Toronto uh, for this as soon as it makes sense to do so. Uh, but right now it's very much an active, ongoing situation and I wouldn't want to uh, distract or remove any, uh, uh, any personnel uh, or any focus away from the important work that's being done uh, both for uh, uh, the victims and their families, and for the investigation. Now, some perspective. First, from the law enforcement perspective, former FBI man Steve Gomez with Susan Rose and Brian Mazarowski. This was a uh, just a, a mass killing, and, uh, and and just a horrific event. And, uh, and we, you know, in the U.S., we we'll classify it as either domestic terrorism, international terrorism or just, um, a, you know, just a brutal attack. And, uh, and it doesn't matter because ultimately people, people die, people were injured, and it's, it's horrific. And there's a lot of fear that is generated from a situation like this. And that's what we have to get our hands around, both here in the U.S. and Canada and all over the world, is that whoever's doing this is trying to create terror and fear. And it really doesn't matter, but they do want to know what the ideology or motive is for the type of person that commits this type of an attack. And that's what they got to look for. Steve, you know, places, even here in Buffalo, there are bollards now in front of public buildings. We do so much to uh, enhance security. But, you know, an attack like this is kind of a wake-up call that if somebody is intent on doing something like that, they're going to do it. It's absolutely right. I, because when, when it comes to a vehicle type of an attack, such as this one, uh, there's there's no real red flag that'll pop up that a person is either going to use the vehicle that they own or is going to rent the vehicle and go out and smash into people. What law enforcement and public safety officials 
And anybody that's involved in the private sector where there are crowds that gather have to think about is they, as a place where crowds will gather, are a potential target for any kind of an attack. Again, doesn't matter if it's terrorism, doesn't matter if it's somebody having a bad day, mental health issue. If they want to act out in a violent way, such as this situation here in Toronto, they're going to choose a place where there are large crowds, um, gatherings, where they can have maximum carnage, such as this one, such as other places that we've seen all over the world um, using vehicles, Germany, France, here in the U.S. at Ohio State. They're looking for the crowds. So when you have those types of crowds, you have to think about what are we going to do to secure the areas of those crowds. Bollards are definitely one of those uh, ideas. Um, there are various others, but they, the, the public safety officials, the government officials, have to be thinking along those lines. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be something crazy either, does it? Because we look at this attack, and this person was able to drive for over a mile down this uh, very busy road. I mean, even if there was a bollard placed every hundred feet or so. It could have made all the difference. It, it definitely could have made the difference, and it would have allowed the uh, the public, everybody that was there, if if a vehicle was having to bounce back and forth because there was a bollard or some type of obstacle, then at least it gives them the opportunity to try to get out of the way, and uh, and and that's what you're looking for. You just just a little extra protection. Um, unfortunately, in Canada, they may not have experienced as much uh, terrorist attack. Um, activity as we have here in the U.S. and, and in Europe. So uh, they, they, they may not have been alert to this. And this was a very random attack. I mean, this is not something where uh, they targeted a facility like they've had uh, about uh, four years ago uh, where there was a, a terrorist attack or, or some type of an attack there. Um, but it was, it was a targeted facility. This is random. The public was just out in the open, and now they've been attacked. And that's what I think is really going to create a lot of, of uh, tension and, and the debate there in Canada as to what they have to do to deal with that. Yeah, they seem to be very numb over this uh, as it has kind of happened there for the first time. But, you know, for, for everyday people, they really need to be very familiar with their surroundings, right? Kind of watching out all around. Absolutely. I mean, you know, in Buffalo, if you're going to a Buffalo Bills game and, uh, and you are in an area where there are a lot of crowds, uh, I'm, I'm sure that, that the law enforcement there have already thought that through. You know, we got to make sure that vehicles aren't able to get access into where these large crowds are. Well, if you don't see, uh, you, know, so, you know, certain obstacles to prevent that, then you got to think to yourself, okay, if a vehicle started to come towards where I'm at and I'm in a crowd, what do I do? got to think about that. Torontonians are shaken. Their city rocked with the horrific attacks. That part of the city is it's such a beautiful, attractive, safe part of Toronto. Peter Gross is a reporter with 680 News in Toronto who we turn to frequently for all things T.O. It's really... Uh, meant for people just to walk up and down and enjoy the environment. Lots of shops, lots of restaurants. And for that kind of thing to happen, well, it basically says it can happen anywhere. You know, it, it does shake people to the core. Have you noticed anything different since then? Any more security where you go and, and that kind of thing? Well, I haven't, but uh, they, they certainly beefed it up at the Canada Center last night. You know, they have several thousand people outside the arena watching on the giant screens, and they kind of blocked off all possible routes so that no vehicular traffic uh, with ill intent could get in. So that, that's the, the main thing. 
But, I, I mean, to be really, really cynical, if somebody intends to do that with a vehicle, how are you going to stop them? It, it is a rough um, thing to stop, and one of the things that have been put in place are, you know, pillars or bollards, and we've seen them uh, here in Buffalo outside of our city hall just recently installed, and I was wondering, in Toronto, uh, has that kind of proliferated over the last few years or so since these attacks have become popular around the world? Have more of those been installed in the city? Not to, not to my knowledge, no. I, I, I've driven... All of my life in Toronto, and you know it's pretty pretty easy access up and down the streets, and the, there's there's nothing separating the, the sidewalks uh, from from the traffic. You know, many years ago they they thought of can we put uh, retractable fences in the subways? You know, for millions and millions of dollars because people throw themselves onto the subway tracks from time to time, and and that, I think it was, it was just an unreasonable thought to do that. Uh, so I don't see that happening. Yeah, Young Street is such a busy, busy place, you know, day and night, you know, most of the year. I I can't imagine it being so quiet like it is this morning. I guess they got it all closed off. Right. A mile and a half of yellow police tape around there, too. They're still collecting evidence. And and I'll tell you that that is a really busy, uh, built-up part of northern Toronto. Uh, So that's going to be very inconvenient for a lot of people. So we're all, it's just... It's kind of mind-numbing that, that it, it happened this close to home. What do you think the people in Toronto are hoping to hear from Justin Trudeau in just a half an hour from now? <laughs> Man, that's hard to say. I mean, it's it's all you can do is come out and say that we feel terrible and we're thinking about the victims. Um, again, I'm being cynical. I'm being... I, I, it, it, you can't stop someone if they're going to do this. There's, there's no amount of doubling or tripling your police force or putting barriers up that, it, that if someone is insane and miserable and wants to do something horrible, they're pretty well going to do it. You know, they're using the word deliberate to, to describe the attack, but they haven't said terror. Are you hearing from people there? Are, are people thinking that it's terrorism? The, the weird story, um, he calls himself an in cell, which means that he, he was celibate, but not by his own choice. He's angry th- that he's not having sex, is, is apparently his motivation, based on what people are reading on Facebook. So, it, I mean, it, it's terror because it's terrifying, but there's no political agenda here, except that this was a very unhappy, very possibly deranged individual who, who you know, couldn't get the company he wanted with women. Toronto Strong. We're back tomorrow. That's 9.30 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo.